This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Let's just pray, and then I'm excited this morning because this is a piece of scripture that I've looked at time and time and time again, as I'm sure you've seen it over and over again, and there's stuff this morning that I ain't never seen before, which I really like. So let's just pray and ask the Lord that he might just guide us this morning. Heavenly Father, we do just want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you for your grace, that Father, this morning that we can celebrate a good, good Father, that Lord, we can just give thanks to you. That, Father, you would give your very best for the very worst of us. And, Lord, this morning that is worth celebrating. And we just praise you. We want to lift your name high and we thank you for all that you do for us. And we ask, Lord, this morning as we just look into your word that you might encourage us. That, Lord, you might speak to us. That you might speak through me. And that your word would be delivered to people's hearts that are ready to hear and to understand all that you've got for each one of us. So Lord, bless us this morning, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. My title this morning is Immediately. But before we get there, let's have a look at what we have got in store for us. Now, I know this morning, as I woke up, that it was Father's Day. I knew that I'd got to send a a text to my dad. And I knew, too, that my boys were going to come downstairs to me. And I also know that there are three World Cup football matches on today. And I have a golden ticket. Brazil are playing. Germany are playing. I mean, does it get any better? And, and she's going to go, sweetheart, do you... She's got nothing. In fact, the truth is that I can watch the football today. Anybody else in agreement? Yes, there are two people. Fantastic. Lol's not in here to disagree, so that's all right. But I'm sure that some of us will take full advantage of what I like to call a golden opportunity. But I understand, too, that on Father's Day that it's not always celebration, is it? Because the world is the world. And people are people. And often our earthly fathers can be something that are actually disappointing to us or hurt or upset. So what we're going to do this morning is rather than look to earthly fathers where heartache and pain will ensue, perhaps for some, we're going to look this morning at our heavenly father. Amen. And we're going to look at a father who is so good, a father who is absolutely perfect. And we're going to stick there this morning. We read from Mark chapter 6, didn't we? I'm going to have, it's one of those mornings where you feel like you're just going to sit there. No. All right? I'm not having it. You've got to look like you're interested. Okay? Look like you're interested at least, if nothing else. So our reading was from Mark chapter 6, and it's a well-known story. You've heard the story before. Jesus walks on water. Yeah? Yeah? There we go. Okay, but what's interesting here with a little bit of background, let's just shed a little bit of light on where we are. Mark, the writer of this gospel, John Mark in actual fact, he wasn't a disciple. Anybody know that? He wasn't one of the disciples, okay? 
But actually, what John Mark was, was a guy who was friends with Peter, and Peter told him all about what was happening. Peter told him all about what happened and what Jesus did, and that was all recorded for us in Mark's Gospel. Mark penned it all down, okay? So that gives us a little bit of background. John Mark, not a disciple, but actually a friend of Peter. Peter told him what happened, and he wrote it down. So therefore, we get this beautiful portion of Scripture now. Why is that significant? I like the word significant, okay? Significantly because it makes you sit up, doesn't it? It's significant. Who doesn't like to be significant? Never been significant. What does it feel like? But here we find ourselves in a situation where hopefully we'll see very quickly that it's of real significance. Why? Let's turn back to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, verse 20 through through 32, is exactly the same story as what Lowell read for us from Mark chapter 6. But let me just read it from here and let's see what we find. Here's our word. You'll see it starts in Mark 6 with immediately. And in Matthew 6, it starts with... Now, June, that's great. Andrew, fantastic. The rest of you, terrible. The word it starts with is immediately, right? Okay, I can see this is going to be a hard word. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Who'd be terrified? Turn to somebody and say, I would be terrified. Oh, you're so close. There we go. So he says they were absolutely terrified. And they say to each other, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Verse 27, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith. Scratch your head, everybody. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, let me ask you the question. Did you spot the difference between the two stories? Did you spot the difference? Now, Peter here dictating to John Mark, this is what happened. Jesus came walking on the water. We were all absolutely terrified. The storm was crazy. Then he got in the boat and the storm died down. And then we realized it was all about the bread. Hang on a minute, Peter. There is something of significance that you, my friend, are missing out. Why on earth would Peter, dictating the story to John Mark, miss out the bit where he got out of the boat? Don't miss that bit out. That bit's significant, isn't it? 
Absolutely, I would take into account that that is absolutely significant. So why, church, has Peter left it out? Why would he leave it out? Maybe he was a little bit embarrassed. Maybe he was a little bit disappointed that he'd said, oh, if it's you. Maybe, perhaps, he was modest. The story's not about me. Maybe it was that. Or maybe he'd realised that there was a bigger point. Maybe he'd realised that this man, Jesus, had just fed 5,000 people from what? Literally nothing. The previous story is that Jesus fed 5,000 men plus those that were with them, wives and children. He fed them all from five loaves and two fish. And they just witnessed that. Yet when Jesus says, oh, you of little faith to him, as we see recorded in Matthew, oh, you of little faith. Now we start to unlock just a little bit why Jesus would say you of little faith. Because Peter's saying, well, if it's you, then tell me to come to you. And Peter, now, as he's dictating the story, if you like, to Mark, or to John Mark, he's saying to him, forget about the bit where I walked on the water. Forget about the bit even where Jesus walked on the water. Because the truth is that there's a more important part that we missed. We missed it when we were on the land. We missed it when we were in the boat. And for goodness sake, we missed it for a while. But now, now I understand that Jesus, now he died. Now that he was on the cross. Then he went and was buried. And now he's raised to life. Now I get it. And he says, Mark, it's bigger than him walking on the water. Because the truth is that what had to happen, what we weren't grasping, is that the bread had to be broken in order for people to get life. The bread had to be broken in order for people to get life, to receive life. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus fed the 5,000. And now Peter, in that moment, can say it was bigger than all of that. And in verse 52, it makes no mention of the walking on the water of Mark chapter 6, but rather he said, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. They were missing the point. Over and over and over again, they were missing the point. John chapter 6 and verse 35. Anybody an underliner? That many, it's incredible. John chapter 6 and verse 35, it says this, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. So in order for the bread to be broken, to give those people life, here is exactly the same that Peter had understood. That this is God in flesh. This is the Messiah. This is Jesus Christ who has just fed 5,000 people from nothing. And Jesus says to him in Matthew, you of little faith. Because Peter was still looking for outwardly wonders and wasn't grasping who this man Jesus was. This morning, I wonder if that is you. I wonder if you find yourself in a position saying, do you know what God, if you just showed me you, I'd be alright. Just show me you and I'll be fine. 
And God says to us, well, look around. Just look around. There's nothing haphazard, is there? The intricacies of life blow my mind. And when science goes into detail, and I only watch nature programs because I'm no scientist, as you might have grasped. But when science goes into detail, it's incredible. The intricacies of life, and we've talked about the giraffe before, that if it leant over without all the branches that it's got for the blood to move and to be dispersed, if it bent over without those, it would blow its own head off because its heart's so big. Yet we go, well, that's, you know, that's nature for you. Now that's God. And the more you look at it, the more you start to understand, you start to realize that there is a designer. And then we can't sit there and say, well, I, I, do you know what? I believe there's a God. I, I believe there is. I mean, I, I, I look around and I see it. But then the challenge is, what are you doing with that? Is it information that you sat with? Is it a place where, well, it's always done me all right. I know there's a God, but I don't want to get too personal. You know, maybe he's not interested in me or I haven't really got time for church. You know, so much work, family, all that stuff. I haven't got time. And we've talked about this so often, so often. And I agree with the family point. There are only two things that matter on our deathbed. Two things. We've talked about it before. You know the answer. Jesus and family. That's it. You don't go, oh, do you know what? I'm going to need my mobile phone. Just let me update Facebook one more time. There is one more job I've got to do at the office. No. But rather it's Jesus and family that matter. You want your family around you and church. What you've done with Jesus will dictate where you will spend eternity. That's the gravity of it. We're not playing games. We don't play games at Hope Church unless it's Friday quiz night. Just a little little drop there just in case you're available. But Peter had suddenly grasped that he was standing before the Messiah. And that's my first point this morning. But my second point this morning is the word immediately. I'm a guy who likes immediately. You know why I like immediately? Because when you go through the drive-thru, how quickly do you want your fries? Immediately. Don't faff about. I want them immediately. We're in a world, in a society of immediately. Do you know how I know that? Because you've all got WhatsApp. Don't look at me as if you don't know what that is. And when the blue ticks light up, you know that they've read it. How quickly do you want a response? Immediately. Within 10 minutes, if they've not replied, oh, they fell out of me. I don't know what I've done. I've upset them. I've let somebody down. I don't know what I've said. I've said something out of context. If it's not happened within 30 seconds, we're in a spiral. We love immediately. So this is our word this morning. Mark chapter 6, uh, 45 through 50 is where you'll uh, see the word. So Mark 6, 45 and verse 50. And Matthew chapter 14, 22, 27 and 31. You see the word immediately. But to take this into full account, we're going to camp in the Gospel of Matthew and we're going to find out exactly what's that, uh, what that uh, is all about. After the 5,000 were fed, Jesus gets the disciples in a boat and he sets them off um, to, to Genesaret or Gennesaret or to Capernaum. <laughs> 
And while he has some time on his hands, what does he do with it? It's a great point for us, church, not to be missed. He has a bit of time on his hands. What does he do? He doesn't update Facebook, does he? He doesn't tweet. He doesn't take a minute to do an Instagram shot. Not that any of these are bad things, don't get me wrong. But I also know that they take precedence over this because I make the same mistakes. He goes and spends time with his father and he prays on the mountainside. The boat's around three and a half miles away. How do I know that? I wasn't there. John chapter 6 and verse 19 tells us somewhere between three and three and a half miles away. Don't take the Gospels just one at a time because you'll think the next person's absolutely off his rocker. Take them all together and you start to paint the whole picture. John chapter 6 and verse 19 tells us that they were about three and a half miles away and the wind hits. The disciples begin to struggle. But do you know what I love about it? And you miss it if you only read it in Matthew is that Jesus was watching. How amazing is that? Did you know that? Jesus was watching. Turn back to Mark. I've taken my tag out, so it'll take me about 15 to 25 minutes. Mark chapter 6. It really will take me a while. Oh, there we go. It's behind me. Verse 48, there we go. He saw the disciples straining at the oars. How do I know he was watching? Because Mark chapter 6 and verse 48 tells me. And this is what we take from that, is that our Heavenly Father never, ever, ever, church, listen to me. He never takes his eyes off us, ever, for a moment. And we might have our back to him. We might be dead set on running in the opposite direction. But the Bible tells us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. The Bible tells us, as we understand the scriptures, that he never, ever takes his eyes off of them. And then in that struggle that he sees that they're straining with the oars, fighting against the wind, he decides to go out to them. So he unties a dinghy. Literally, this Alistair's listening at this point. You see, he decides to go out to them. He doesn't untie a dinghy. What he does is he walks out to them and they all see him and they're clearly distressed. Wouldn't you be distressed? Yeah, I'd be distressed. But he says, do not be afraid. Immediately, he he says to them, verse 27, take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. He'd have to say it immediately, wouldn't he? Why? Because I'd have jumped out the other side of the boat. If he's walking on the right side, I'm out the left side. Yeah? So immediately, he says to them, look, don't panic. It's me. And then Peter... Oh, with his two feet in first, does what he always does. And he shows a lack of faith. But Jesus humors that and says, okay, Peter says, I want to get out of the boat. Peter missed it out because now he knows that he's the bread. But Peter jumps out of the boat and he starts walking towards Jesus. Verse 29, you see. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Why is that significant? Turn to somebody and say, that's significant. To anybody. Why is it significant? 
Well, you see, what happens is he realizes the wind and the waves and he begins to sink. Why? Because he's taken his eyes off Jesus. Great lesson for us. He cries out to the Lord, Lord, save me. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. What does Jesus do? Takes a minute to Instagram the shot. Look at this chap with a lack of faith. No, it says immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and then says to him that you'd scratch your head with unless you grasp the gospels. You go, you have little faith. But of course he was displaying a lack of faith because he was putting Jesus to test. He was putting him to the test when he'd just seen him feed 5,000 people from nothing. You're not listening. Anybody? Hello? Hello? Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Church, that too is very significant. And this is the point. You see, because it says that Peter was walking towards Jesus. And he cried out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out and saved him. This morning we have that exact same opportunity. We might not be sinking in the water, but we might be sinking in the struggles of life. We might just be going about our day-to-day business. We might think everything's great. The key is this morning that we need to be walking towards Jesus. And we need to cry out in our hearts, Lord, save me. And church, what will he do? Immediately, he will reach out his hand. And he will save you. Immediately, this morning, we have the opportunity to cry out to God and for him to save us. Because church, if we don't do that, and please be assured that this is not just words. These are words with gravity and meaning. If we don't do that, We are on our way to a Christless eternity. And the Bible tells me that's a place with no hope, with no love, with no joy. The Bible calls it hell. But two, I also know that church, we know Jesus. And I also know that there are times in our life where we sink. And we might be in a moment, we might be in a season where we're continually sinking. We're continually going under. And we say, Lord, what's happening? Lord, where are you? And my question for you this morning and for me in our heart of hearts, which way are we walking? Which way are we walking? Are we walking towards him or are we walking away from him? Because if we want the Lord to reach out his hand and catch us, if we want the Lord to deliver us, then we have to be living our lives in order that brings that about. We can't live the way that we want to live just because it pleases us. But rather we are called to live according to what the word says. We're called to live in such a way that we bring glory to God our Father. Amen? And this is what we're to be doing. I 
And with that, I think we should pray. And let's just ask the Lord that he might just speak to our hearts. And that immediately, that if we're walking in the wrong direction, that we might turn to him. Immediately, if we've not asked him as our saviour, that this morning we might take that moment. And that we might ask him into our hearts. It's such a simple prayer. If you want to know what that's all about, then come and see John and myself. We can give you a booklet. We can sit and chat with you. Forget Father's Day. (laughs) I will sit with you all day. Because there is nothing more important. Let's just pray. And let's just ask the Lord to just guide us and help us. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning for your word. Lord, we thank you that Peter understood that it was all about the bread. That he grasped, Lord God, that it was all about your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who there took our place on that cruel cross at Calvary. His body was broken and his blood was shed for each one of us. That, Father, as we live our lives, that we have an opportunity to say sorry. We have an opportunity to ask you into our hearts. And as we understand from this story and we understand from the entirety of Scripture, that as we do that, that you will reach out your hand and you will catch us. Father, we pray for those this morning that don't yet know you as Lord and Saviour. That your Holy Spirit might move and that lives might be changed. Father, that's our prayer. And two, this morning, for those of us that know you and that love you, that Lord God, that you might just help us to turn that spotlight on our lives. That we might ask in our heart of hearts, which way are we walking? Is it in such a manner that's pleasing you? And Lord, if it isn't, that is the psalmist wrote, search me, know me. And if there's any way that's against you, Lord, deal with it. And Lord, that's our prayer this morning, that you might speak to our hearts, speak to our lives. Father, we thank you that we can celebrate Father's Day today and we thank you that we have a good father who was willing to give us absolutely everything. So Father, we pray that you might just strengthen us and bless us And that, Lord, we wouldn't just dismiss this as another service, but rather that we would take your word to our hearts and we would let it shape us and grow as we pray. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.